guys, this is Brian with Cajun Cardboard coming at you from the great state of Louisiana, and I cannot stop laughing. Today's topic is fantastic. I think you guys are going to like it. It's the first time we've done a video like this. I've got uh, our frequent weekly guest, uh, Coach Jonathan Pixley. Uh, welcome to the show, as always. You guys are watching us on the Luca Nation Network. Jonathan, what's up? Man, this is uh, <laughs> this is tough. This is tough. Let me lay it out. Let me let me lay it out. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun, and uh, you know, it's it's more fun when you know you're gonna win something, you know, and, you, and and the other person has no chance. But let me lay out the format of what we're doing today. This might not even appeal to young people, right? So young people may click off and go watch something else. Uh, but today, what we decided to do is we're gonna start taking some players throughout NBA history who had at least arguably comparable careers, meaningful players, right? And uh, today's two players are Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell. Now, if you don't know who Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell are, you're not going to enjoy this show. Uh, you're not going to want to watch. Uh, if you're really old, you're probably going to enjoy it more than a young person, right? Um, but if you're, you know, if you're our age or a little bit older, you're going to enjoy this. And, um, and comparing these two guys is really all about perspective and, um, you know, and what you lend the most weight to when you're gauging, you know, athletic success, uh, you know, in a particular sport. So what we did is, again, we haven't shared any information with, you, with each other. We always want these to come across as very organic and just natural, like we're, you know, like we always talk about, like we were going to one of our old AAU tournaments and we were just riding in the, you know, in the SUV and we just started arguing about shit. Uh, so that's all this is going to be, except we had a little bit more time to prepare um, but what we did was, you know, we both made a pact that we would not, we, we don't want, we didn't pick and choose Wilt or pick and choose Bill. We flipped a coin. Uh, and, and I know that it was done fairly because you flipped the coin while I was on the phone in the car and I trusted you to call it like it is. And so I called heads and you said, shit, <laughs> that's when I knew I had Wilt. And so, um, I won't tell anybody who we're both big fans of, but it should come through pretty clearly by the end of this ending of this video. So you've got Bill Russell. I've got Wilt. Basically, what we're going to do is we're going to basically talk about these two guys, point, counterpoint, almost like an attorney presenting a case to a jury. And you guys are the jury. You guys that are watching in the jury, uh, we want your comments. We want, you know, we want to solicit as much input. If we miss something, tell us. If we get something wrong, tell us for sure. Uh, we want to know your opinion on who won the argument. We want to know your opinion on uh, whether the argument even matters if your mind's already made up. A lot of you guys, uh, you know, know as much and, and, and or more than we do about this history of NBA basketball. So your mind already be made up. But uh, but today's just about going back and forth on these two uh, absolute titans of the game. And to be clear, Jonathan. We, this always comes up in the LeBron Jordan argument, the Bird Magic argument. We're splitting hairs here. We're talking about probably two of the 15 greatest or at least most successful, um, you know, whether it be statistical or team results, basketball players that have ever walked the planet. Well, no, if it's, if you're, if you're going to base it on those two criteria, it's definitely two of the 10. Okay. Let's say two of the 10, right? If we take in, yeah, obviously winning, if we include winning in what, depending on how you weight it, Two of the ten, and and not just that. These two guys were larger than life. These guys were seven footers when seven footers didn't exist. And so, oh well, one of them was a seven footer. Sorry, there's my first dig. Uh, <laughs> but uh, one of them lifted weights before it was normal as well. There's another dig. 
Uh, but we're going to get to that stuff. We're going to get to that stuff. So we're just going to go back and forth and just complain and argue. And uh, and my, my poor friend, my poor friend did not win the coin flip. So I, I don't know if you want to come out the gates uh, swinging. There is one caveat. I didn't tell you this. Uh, you can't mention the word rings. What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Rings. You can't mention the word rings or titles. So go ahead with your argument. I'll use championships then. Okay. Um, (laughs) That's right. That's right. Um, So, I mean, look, obviously, statistically, I have no argument uh, on my behalf other than a couple of different areas, which is, which really, uh, I mean, it absolutely (laughs) – blew my mind whenever I looked at some stats that I didn't know existed. Okay. 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 Um, so, but I mean, overall statistically, nobody compares to Will Chamberlain. Like there's, it's not even Jordan LeBron. I don't care who it is. You could combine two guys. They don't compare to Will. Okay. Yeah. So my whole argument, anybody who knows anything about these two guys is strictly based on winning and affecting winning. Okay. Um, and you- so then it, then it comes down to the argument of, you know, how much help did he have versus Will? So, and I've got some, I've got some arguments for all that, that I know. People probably aren't aware of. Um, so I'll start, I'm gonna go back to college with, yeah. my, with my first. You, you, hey, you're already starting off on the right foot. Your first day as a lawyer, you're starting on the right foot. You want to start from the beginning with Bill Russell, especially. Yes. Absolutely. Go for it. Absolutely. You should have started uh, in high school. I really go could. ahead. Yeah, because you're right. Wilt didn't. I don't think Wilt won there either. Um, but uh, first of all, does anybody know? Obviously, I'm talking to you. Do you know who who Wilt Chamberlain's college coach was? Um, am I going to sound dumb by saying Fog Allen? No, you are correct. Fog Allen. Okay. Okay. So everybody's heard of Fog Allen. Who knows anything about college basketball? One of the okay. first great coaches at at, at Kansas University. Um, you're not going to be able to name Bill Russell's head coach, okay, at San Francisco, where their mascot, by the way, is the Dons, first of the all. The Dons, right? yes. Right. Um, his name is Hal DeGiulio. So, <clears throat> Will Chamberlain never won a title in college, made it to the NCAA Finals one time his last year, and was never the collegiate player of the year, which I did not know that. I thought for sure he was a collegiate player of the year. Jealous. Whereas Bill Russell won back-to-back NCAA titles at freaking San Francisco and was also back-to-back national player of the year. Um, The second best player on his team was Casey Jones, who um, was a really good NBA player and whatnot, but that was it. You wouldn't be able to name this. Are you going to glaze over the fact that Casey Jones would have been the – Second best player on Kansas? Or no? Yeah, I'm not sure if that's true or not, honestly. And I didn't I'm do that. Pretty recently. sure he's a Hall of Famer. Here's why, here's why I'm going to say that is because um, it's San Francisco. And when's the last championship uh, that San Francisco played for? Okay. So, so when's the last championship? Hold on, I'm not done. When's the last championship that Kansas played for? Oh, yeah, that's right. They won last year. I forgot. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Moving on, a little bit more historical significance. Are we, we going to do one point at a time here, or are you just going to lay out your whole body of work? No, that's it. it. That's my, my collegiate argument right there. So I'm starting with the collegiate argument. Okay. Well, first, let's start with there's a lot of teams that used to be super relevant in all sports. You could say Nebraska football. You could say Arizona State baseball. Uh, programs, you know, are oftentimes uh, juggernauts and then disappear, never to be seen again, right? Two years. Two years. 
Okay, that's fine. I get it. When you put two Hall of Famers on the same college team, you're probably going to be successful. Is that fair? Um, I don't think Casey Jones was a Hall of Fame player. I know he was a Hall of Fame Hall of Fame coach. Okay, pretty sure that's the correct. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. Okay, so we're not here to talk about college. That, that's my counterpoint, right? We're not here to talk about Overbrook High School versus just saying, that's where Bill Russell's, you know, eighth grade team. Right. And You're going to notice a trend. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the trend. I, I get it. And the trend is going to be that he's had Hall of Famers around him at every step of the way, right? Okay. Yeah, he probably played high school with Bob Pettit. Was Bob Pettit on his high school team? <laughs> Let me plug Casey Jones in here because I want to make sure as a player – Casey Jones is in the Hall of Fame. Eight-time NBA champ. He's in the Hall of Fame, but he averaged seven, three, and four. So he must be in as a as a as a coach. As a coach. As a yeah, coach. we'll say he's in as a coach. Yeah. Uh, he was also 6'1, 200. Got it. Okay. Born in Texas. Went to San Francisco. Got it. Okay. So there's your argument. Let me start with uh, and, and and well done. I think he probably should have started in high school because I think he won a, a high school state championship. Maybe I'm, I'm, I might be wrong. Not that that's really he all did, that. But I'm not going all the way back there. I, you know, let's not go back there. Let's not go back there. And I'm sure you'll get to the Olympics because right. that's what you're gonna. That's all you can do. No, so no. let's yeah, go ahead. Let's start with this. Uh, I'm just gonna list four rules that had to be changed. Uh, for basketball to continue to exist and, and not to turn into a mockery because of the existence of Will Chamberlain. Uh, number one, they had to change the, the lane. They didn't just widen the lane. They doubled the size of the lane because it was too easy for Will to score. And so uh, they switched the lane from 6 to 12 feet wide. That's the first thing they did. Uh, the second thing they did, which they're talking about bringing back because there's nobody in the world like Wilt anymore, uh, is that they eliminated offensive goaltending. You can no longer touch the ball over the cylinder as an offensive player or swipe it off the rim as an offensive player or dunk it back while it's on the rim. We know that. Uh, you used to be able to do that. Obviously, you couldn't do that for Wilt. So another, not really a minor rule change, pretty significant rule change. Um, the, last, the, the third one is a relatively minor rule change, but just the fact that, that somebody had to come up with this it makes me think I wanted to see Wilt play before this rule was changed. You used to be able to inbounds the ball over the top of the backboard into the lane if you were inbounding the ball under your own basket. And they thought that was unfair because Will would just Will would just stand there and the guy would just throw the ball over the backboard and Will would be the only one that could get it and he'd dunk it and it was automatic two points. Anytime the ball went out under his basket, it was automatic two points. Right. That's weird. Okay. But the fourth rule change is the one that I, and I know you know what it is because you're old like me. Yes. And I know you know how preposterous this is. They had to institute a rule that you can no longer dunk your free throws. So, so there is a world that exists out there where the one knock against Wilt is his admittedly atrocious free throw shooting, which was like 51% or 56 or something. I forgot. I can look it up. Let's see. We'll look it up real quick. Will was a terrible free throw shooter. He shot 51.1%. So just a little over half. Worse than Shaq. What if he shot 100%? He could have shot 100% is what I'm getting at, right? So so 100, the 100-point 100 game would have been 104. You know, the 50 points he averaged in 61 would have been probably like 71. It would have been craziness. It's already preposterous. We're going to go through some of the lunacy. But I wanted to start with the fact that this man led to more rule changes and more uh, sweeping, like meaningful rule changes than any player that's ever played. I think any team sport in existence, personally. 
I don't think football had any rule changes like this. Baseball, I'm trying to think. It would be like uh, in the era of Babe Ruth, they said, you know what? Uh, the ball doesn't weigh enough. He's hitting too many home runs. Let's right. double how much it weighs. Or, you know what? A 300-foot fence is not deep enough. Let's make it 700. Because you move it back or something like that. Yeah, or, or yeah, something like that. Or maybe you got to use a wiffle ball bat or something yeah. like that. Right. <laughs> so these are preposterous rule changes because of one man, and his name's Will Chamberlain. Go ahead. No, count, go go with your point. Any, anything you want to say about the rule changes? So that's a, that's a phenomenal way to start, and it's the uh, and there's no question, by the way, athletically in, in the history of athletics, he changed his particular sport more than anybody else. No question, because um, when you when you change the entire. <laughs> the entire measurements on a court, like yeah. it changed yeah. everything, you know? Um, so yeah, those are major, major rule changes. And, you know, they try to talk now about how, you know, Shaq changed the game. Dude, not like this dude. I mean, this yeah. changed everything. When you double, when you double this, the width of the lane, I mean, come on. Double. Right. Really? Um, all right. So let's go to um, individual accolades in the NBA obviously, um, where, and, and, and I think this is a little misleading, so I'll, I'll fall on the sword here a little bit, but, you know, he was a five, Russell was a five-time MVP, Wilt won four. Russell was 11-time uh, first-team All-NBA, Wilt was 10 times, okay? Now, the problem with that, for those who don't know, is back then, you could make second-team All-NBA, but be the MVP, right? It happened. Uh, and it did happen. Yeah. And in fact, the year that Wilt averaged 50, Russell yep. won MVP as a second second uh, team All NBA. That was also the same year, by the way, that people don't know that Oscar Robertson averaged his triple double, right? Correct. So a lot of those, a lot of the rebound stats and all that stuff happened because a they ran no offense back then, and people shot it really quickly, and b people couldn't shoot. And so I, I love it when people go back. Oh, back then, no, they were terrible shooters. Terrible shooters. Evidence by Watch Bill it. Russell, who never took a shot outside of 12 feet, shooting 43% for his career, right? right. And Will, ironically, only shot like, I think, like 51, 52%. Just over 50. Yeah, just over 50. I, yeah, he had a year yeah. where he shot 72. You know what 54. I'm saying? Yeah, 54. He shot 54. But, you know, yeah. part of that late in his career. Um, so, anyhow, I think from a individual accolade standpoint, you look at it and go, okay, the, you know, he's got five MVPs and – and Wilt's got four. He's 11-time All-NBA, and Wilt's 10. Now, keep in mind, there were, there were 10 years where they were in the league at the same time, correct? Yep. Okay, so Russell obviously would have had one more opportunity there um, than, than he did as far as uh, – in, in order to exceed him. So, nonetheless, uh, that would be my next point. Um, that's a great point. Before we get sidetracked, the year Wilt – you know, 61 was the year Russell won MVP, second-team All-NBA. Wilt mm -hmm. averaged 50 and – 25. 25. Yep. Uh, and didn't win MVP. Did Was Oscar Robertson second or third in the MVP voting? Third. He was third. Okay. Third. So the first man ever to average triple-double finished third yeah. in MVP voting. Just let that sink in. That's nuts. And, uh, and, and, well, that's just nuts to talk about. All right. So I guess, and I'm going to go through here quick, and we can just laugh about this together. I'm going to go through Wilt's records. He's got yeah. 72 records. Yeah. 68 NBA records that he holds by himself, not shared with another player. Okay. Uh, I don't have these in order of what's most impressive or what's never going to be broken. And that's another video that I've always thought about doing on my Cajun cardboard channel is 
records in, in pro sports, not just basketball, but pro sports that will never be broken and doing the top ten. That's something we could do where we go outside yeah. the world of basketball and talk yeah. about other sports as well. Um, but uh, here we go, and I'm going to go quick through these because there's a lot. I'm not listing all 72 records. He never fouled out of an NBA game. That's insane and preposterous. He averaged 48.5 minutes per game during the 1961 season when he broke all the records. It's probably – not probably. It's the greatest statistical season of all time, uh, without question, in any uh, major pro team sports league. Yes. Uh, 48.5 minutes per game. For those of you watching, there's 48 minutes in an NBA game. That means he played every minute of every regular season game, and he played multiple games in overtime. So you tack on minutes, you get over the 48 threshold. Uh, he had the highest single season. He has the highest single season points per game, 50.4. He has the uh, most career minutes per game, uh, 45.8. So he averaged 48.5 minutes one season, but he averaged 45.8 minutes played per game for his career. That's even old man Wilt. That's even Wilt who played into his age, 36-year-old season, he was playing 43 minutes a game. So when you hear about load management and taking nights off and sitting back-to-backs, Wilt is somewhere in heaven laughing, or he's somewhere, somewhere, he's laughing his ass off uh, at people that are taking off back-to-backs because they're sore, they need rest. And this is a guy doing it, and and Russell had also really good minutes per game, but doing it in an era where they're taking buses, they're taking trains, there's no such thing as private, right, airfare, of course. Uh, So a whole different world, there's no medical science technology, there's no massages, well there's massages for Wilt, but not (laughs) the kind that that would get you ready to play basketball, there's no no saunas probably, you know, they're not taking ice baths, they don't know what the hell they're doing, right, they're just wrapping it up, putting some liniment on it and rolling out there, he's got 22.9 career rebounds per game, and so uh, the reason I bring that up is Bill Russell's greatest, you know, statistical uh, contribution was rebounding and Wilt was a better rebounder. Uh, He has the most rebounds in a single game, 55 in one game. He has the most career total rebounds again. And that is what Bill Russell does. Uh, He has the most seasons leading the NBA in rebounds 11. And that's what Russell does. He has the most rebounds per game in a single season, 27.2 in that same uh, 1961 season. He has the most points in a single game, 100. He made 28 free throws that night, by the way, just like Giannis in game seven. Was it game six or game seven? Game six. Yeah, game seven. he didn't make 28 free throws. No, no, I'm just saying Giannis showed up and made his free throw. It was like 17 for 21. 17 for 21 or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah he didn't make 28. Yeah. Uh, but, like, when it counts, you know, like Shaq says, I'll make it when it counts. <laughs> yeah, sure, Shaq. Sure you do. Uh, five of the ten highest single game points scored. So – You know, everybody knows about Kobe's 81. You know about David Robinson's 70. And I think David Thompson also had 70, maybe. So you had you had Kobe 81. You had uh, David Robinson had 71. 71. George Durbin had no Thompson had 73. Okay. George Gervin had 68. Jordan had 69. Yeah. So there's some guys. Yeah. So of the 10 highest, Wilt has five of the 10. Of the 20 highest, Wilt has 12 of the 20. Uh, he has 15 65-point games on his resume. <laughs> he's got 32 60-point games. He's got 118 50-point games, which is more than – that is remember, that's like a season and a half of 50-point games. That is more than Jordan, Kobe, Harden, Elgin Baylor, and LeBron combined, yep. who are the guys that are next on the list. Yep. 
And keep in mind, had, if he um, would have kept trying to score later in his career, like if he cared about it, yes, he probably had, had two hundred. He probably would have. We're getting to, to what could have been if yeah. things were different. He had 45 50-point games in that 1961 season. So more than half of games, he scored 50. He was more likely to score 50 than not. Yes. Just let just think about that. He's more likely to have a 50-point game than to not have a 50-point game. Right. Uh, he has 271 40-point games, the most in all time. He had a 78.43 rebound game. Did you know that? that? Same year, though, right? Yeah, yeah. But he had a 78-43. How do you have enough time to do that, man? I don't know. I mean, even in 48 and a half minutes. He had a, he had a streak that season of four consecutive 60-point games. He had a streak of seven consecutive 50-point games. He had a streak of 14 straight 40-point games. And get this, he had 65 consecutive 30-point games. 65. Uh, he got the 15,000 points. 100 games faster than Jordan, who was second. He got to 20,000 points, 121 games faster than Jordan, who was second. He got to 25,000 fastest. He got to 30,000 fastest. What I'm getting at by mentioning those is he is the greatest scorer of all time. He would have been the greatest scorer of all time if he chose to play into his 40s like Kareem uh, and didn't have to waste those years in college, although Kareem had the same issue. Um, He never had nine rebounds in a playoff game, Hmm. ever. So every playoff game he ever played, he had 10 or more rebounds. Double-double every single playoff game he ever played. Uh, He never averaged below 18 rebounds in a single season. Russell can say the same thing. They're the only two people in history. Never averaged less than 18 rebounds. Uh, He never averaged below 20 uh, rebounds per game in a single postseason, which means he upped it. Russell can also say that. Russell also never averaged less than 20 rebounds in a postseason, ever. Uh, He has the most career double-doubles. Uh, 11.8 full 82 game seasons worth. Uh, so 11 seasons worth of double doubles, 968. And he had the most consecutive double doubles. You want to guess how many? Double doubles. Um, nah, no clue. What? 227. <laughs> but, but guess what? He also has the second longest double double streak, 220. And yeah. the third longest double-double streak, 133. I was going to guess like 500. So, really was. So I mean, he probably he probably took a game off when it could have been 448 if he had just yeah. got a couple more rebounds. Yeah. Um, and so that's it from my statistics standpoint. It you know again, I know you know uh, statistically it's tough. Uh, you know your best argument, and I'll let you make it, is that it was a different era, and it was easier to accumulate statistics. Yeah, I'm not going to do that because Russell played in the same era. So that you, yeah. know, you, you can't really do that. So my argument would go straight to the playoffs. And so um, that's really my only statistical argument that I have. You know, Russell wins 11 championships to to Wilts two, um, which, I mean, for, for people out there who are saying, well, Robert Ory won seven championships. And is he better than Bill Russell? No, I mean, obviously not. Right. But let's take this into account. Okay. Russell wins 11 out of 13 years he wins championships. Now, a lot of people would look back and go, yeah, the league was a lot smaller, right? And there was a lot less teams. Well, Wilt played in that same league, right? Yep. And then on top of that, um, that means that there was uh, a lot less watering down of whatever talent was back then because the league was much smaller, right? Um, That's an argument I don't like. Well, because you're saying they're all playing for the Celtics, which is not true. 
No, this is why. Let's throw Wilton Bill out for a second because this argument comes up a lot. And people say, well, it was just as hard. There was eight teams. There was 12 teams. It was was more good. Yeah, I don't agree. I don't agree that it was just as hard. I'm just saying. I think it you was. You know what I'm saying is it's simple math. If there's 30 teams, you have a 1 in 30 chance. If there's 12 teams, you have a 1 in 12 chance. So you could talk about the constituent parts of all those rosters. It doesn't change the fact that you as a player have to be on one of those teams, and there's no rhyme or reason to which team you're on. Therefore, even though all of the 12 teams were better, your odds of winning a title back then were still better because there was 12 really good teams. Whereas now, even if the teams are worse, you could say there's 30 mediocre teams, even though we know that's not true. But the, the more teams, the the more difficult it is to win the title. That's just a fact. So people make that argument all the time. It doesn't make any sense. You're arguing the teams were better back then. Number one, they weren't because the depth and the talent was just completely different. But go, go on. Yeah, you, you make a good point. Yeah, they played in the same league. They yes. both had the same uh, one in 12, one in 16, one in 10, whatever chance of winning a title. Therefore, uh, rings versus rings is a fair comparison. Yes, it is. So, so, but, but more importantly than that to me, because again, we talk about rings, there's a lot of different factors that go into that. Let's just look at their stat, their stats in the playoffs. Okay. Are um, we going to, do you want which to? Is, which is pretty incredible to me. Okay. Because Russell, obviously, he's never going to score as much as Wilt. Yeah. But Wilt dropped significantly from his 30.1 career scoring average to 22.5 points in the playoffs. Okay. Russell averaged 16.2, which is up about a point from his career average of 15. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Russell averaged more rebounds in the playoffs than Wilt did, 24.9 to 24.5. Both of them obviously took it up a notch, but mm-hmm. he averaged more rebounds. He averaged more assists, 4.7 to 4.2. Um, he played in 165 games to Wilt's 160. So the sample size is almost, almost identical. identical. Yeah. Right. Um, but here's where the interesting part comes into me. Okay. Let's talk game sevens and closeout games. Okay. Now, when you talk about the records of those teams, I get it. Okay. You could just say, well, the Celtics were better. Okay. Fine. But <laughs> during that same 10 year span, Okay, where they played in the same league, obviously. Russell played with five of the top 50 guys when that first top 50 came out in, what was it, 96? Mm-hmm. Is that right? And Wilt played with six. Russell never played with a guy as good as Jerry West. Never. Never played with a guy as good as Elgin Baylor, but I'm not really going to count that one because Elgin Baylor was towards the end of his career, right? Yeah. In fact, the last year, the year that they actually won it, Elgin retired, like, Early, early 11 games in the season, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, Bill Russell's game seven record was 10 and 0. He never mm-hmm. lost. Wilt's record was four and five. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, let's argue teams, whatever. Statistically, Bill Russell in game sevens averaged 29.3 points a game, Wilt averaged 24.4. Now, this is shocking to me, okay, <laughs> but in game sevens. Bill Russell averaged 18.6 rebounds. Wilt averaged 27. <laughs> okay, so. They flip-flopped almost. It's weird. It yeah. Does. And then assist-wise, Wilt actually averaged uh, one more assist, 4.7 to 3.7. But 29.3 points a game in game sevens. And here's the kicker to me, okay? In those game sevens, Bill Russell shot 61% from the field. That's nuts. And Wilt Chamberlain shot 48 
Okay. So my point is, it's like how many game sevens did did they did Will Chamberlain play? Nine. He was uh, four and five. Fair. To be fair, that's a very very small sample size. You know what I care about? No, no, no. I'm saying let me finish because okay. Bill also played in ten, right? So the point is, you got the same sample size. This is my only point. We just we just talked about Will, where you go, okay. Well, if he'd have kept trying to score later in his career, which I know you're going to get to, there's no telling what he could have done. Okay. Mm-hmm. If Bill Russell would have cared about scoring like he did in game sevens, I got to think he probably could have averaged 27, 28, maybe. I don't know, because he obviously did it when it mattered more than any other time and he never lost. So yeah. he recognized, I got to score in these games for us to do this. And he never lost and he averaged damn near 30 a game. So, um, and then when you talk about closeout game record, Russell was 16 and two, Wilt was 10 and 11. Okay. Yeah. So when you're just talking about winning and then you add the stats to it, it's, it's, man, it's closer from a playoff standpoint, of course, than I thought it was going to be statistically. It really is. So that's, that's my, my Here, here's why I don't think it's closer. Uh, if this argument was who came up bigger in nine game sevens, then it sounds like Bill Russell did. It, it sounds like who raised their game the most in nine game sevens. It sounds like Bill Russell did. I'm saying he um, did in 165 playoff games. But why don't we do this? Why don't we compare the 49 games in the playoffs that they played against each other? Oh, yeah. that's uh, I mean, In those 49 games against each other, right, you hear the argument, ah, Wilt was playing against a bunch of plumbers and, you know, yeah. milk carriers, right? Okay, well, he did play against Bill Russell, who – I will admit is one of the greatest defensive players that ever lived. Uh, And by every mean, you know, by every measure, he was at least in the conversation, right? I mean, I'm arguing for Will, you're arguing for Russell. We wouldn't be having this argument if people didn't think they were on an equal playing field size-wise and and things like that. So in those 49 games where they matched up with each other, Will won 29 and lost 20. So, he, he got the better end of Wilt Chamberlain, and we know he got the better end of Wilt in the games that mattered the most. What I'm getting at is that, you know, when you look at team achievements and winning is a team achievement, um, Wilt was probably four games away from really flipping this script, and we would not be making this video. Um, can't, you know, do that. can't do that. You can. Nah, you can't because you, you could do that in every sport. You could say Tom Brady wouldn't be better than Montana had this and this and this not happened. But they didn't play against each other. These are games where Bill Russell eliminated Will Chamberlain. They could have – 50 points. A 50 point out of, out, of, out of the 900 games that these dudes played in their career, 50 points in head-to-head matchups in elimination games and game sevens might be the only argument Bill Russell has in his favor. What if Bill Russell had six rings and Wilt had five or seven and oh, six? Well, sure. Yeah. But the it would be different. He never lost. But let me go back. So, so this is what happened in the 49 games that they played against each other in the playoffs, right? Let's talk about regular season. In the regular season, Wilt was 30, 28, and four against Bill Russell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Bill Russell was 14, 23, and four. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Wilt shot 49%. Bill Russell shot 37% against Wilt. So uh, and neither one can ever shoot free throws. So we're never going to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> and I will admit Bill Russell's free throws were probably slightly better, but it still ain't nothing to write home about. In the playoffs, these are playoff games. 49 times these two behemoths matched up. 
Wilt averaged 26 and 28. And Russell averaged uh, 15 and 25. Mm -hmm. uh, Russell actually did. Now, I'm going to talk about free throws. Russell stepped it up and shot 60% from the free throw line. <laughs> and uh, Wilt Chamberlain's right at his career average at 49. Barely wasn't concentrating. Uh, and then, you know, Wilt obviously shot a better percentage. So we can talk about game sevens and team results all we want. And who, who you would rather – who stepped their game up most in a game seven is – it's like, well, the floor, you know, the baseline for Russell was lower than the baseline for Wilt. So there was more room to step your game up. I mean, freaking Wilt was 26 and 28 against Russell in the playoffs. How much more can you expect a human being to do? And yeah. so what that says to me is all that's left is your teammates. All that's left to distinguish between these two guys when they play each other head to head on the biggest stage in the games that matter the most is their teammates because – Head-to-head -head against each other, it was an absolute woodshedding. I mean, it was bad. It was really, really, really bad. Will played with one more top 50 guy than Bill Russell did. I know, but where in the top 50 were they ranked? That's what we got to look at. We got to look. I looked at that. I looked at that because I was like, I, everybody, myself included, was always under the impression the Celtics, play, you know, he had this many more Hall of Famers, blah, blah, blah. But you got to look what those Hall of Famers credentials were. I mean mm – -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Anthony Davis is going to be a Hall of Famer, and so is Shaq. Are we going to just say Hall of Famer versus Hall of Famer? You know what I mean? You got to look at who they were. You got to look at Bob Cousy. You got to look at, at uh, you know, Tommy Heinsohn. Um, I mean, there's a lot. Is that what you're going to do? You're going to say Heinsohn? I mean, if you want to say Havlicek, that's fine. Well, let me ask you this question. Yeah. When Heinsohn came into the Russell. league the exact same year. Hold on. You want to make fun of Heinsohn in his, in his crazy announcement? Oh, no, he, he actually had big numbers at one point. He well, did. let me just tell you something that I know you don't know, and I know you're a student of the game. Did you know that Heinsohn and Bill Russell's rookie seasons were the same year? I did not. Who won rookie of the year? I'm you're not going to like Heinsohn. Guess who won MVP of that team, uh, of the league that year? Okay. I want you to think about the era in which we lived. Answer the I hey look we can't do the black white argument we ain't doing black white we can't do black the black white argument because really? Will's black too. No, I know that. I'm saying when it comes to Heinsohn and Russell for rookie of the year. Oh, well, Will won rookie of the year as a black man. <laughs> well, he also averaged. Oh, oh, was was that was that year just so much more enlightened racially that, that everybody was going to just hey we're going to be no, there just now. wasn't another white guy who could play at all. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have another white option to vote for in racist 1960s. I get it. In the late 50s. So so the year Russell was a rookie, uh, Kuzi won MVP. Heinsohn won Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Wilt's rookie year. He won. Wait, 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 go back to that again. What did you say? Russell's rookie year. Yeah. Heinsohn won Rookie of the Year white as guy. a teammate, and Kuzi won MVP. Again, look, we're make we're making light of the ridiculous racial tension in the fifties and sixties. I don't want anybody to take it and run with it. Uh, it's well documented that you know white dudes had a drastic advantage winning awards and things like that in America up until a certain point. I don't want to get too much into that, but don't take this and run with it. Very West way. refused to go out and play in an All Star yep. game because they were threatening guys like Russell and Elgin Baylor and Oscar Robertson and all that. That's how bad it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was uh, atrocious, horrific, despicable, all of those things. Uh, and, and it's, it's funny that it's permeated into our argument, but it is a well-substantiated fact uh, mm -hmm. that, you know, awards, and I'll even take it a step further 
and it's it's hard to kind of make this a, a tangible argument, but you know, Russell uh, was more accepted as a black man, as a team player on the whitest team in the world for the whitest franchise in the world than Wilt was, who was very brash, uh, you know, much more of a figure off the court uh, than Russell was a lot, you know, and now Russell was very outspoken, um, but just the way they carried themselves, the way they dressed, the way they acted, it you know, white America at that time was much better accepting this, Great teammate, pass first, play defense, hard working, dive on the floor guy. Than this icon, giant of the game, very brash, very confident. You disagree with that? I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I can't speak for their teammates. Okay. Yeah. You, you would think, but the city of Boston was the worst in America, apparently at the time, as I far know. as that was concerned. But that cuts and, against it. They they were they embraced Russell like crazy. I mean. Regardless, I, I think it's 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 something to take into account when you take uh, the accolades in. But again, we're talking about Tommy Heinsohn for no reason right now. So anyhow, well, on. we're talking about it because Wilt didn't win rookie. I mean, Russell didn't win rookie of the year or MVP his rookie season, and Wilt won both. And they lived in the same racist era. So and I'm pretty sure Russell won both titles too. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, thank God for Koozie. Both white guys. <laughs> thank God for the white guys. Uh, okay, let's talk about their head-to-head games. Have we talked enough about their head-to-head games? I want to. I want to wrap it up. Actually, okay. Miami with head-to-head games, um, they played four game sevens against one another. Um, and and if you go look at it, I mean, Wilt's numbers overall are better, right? outside of his shooting percentage, uh, which they were about the same in those four game sevens. But the year Wilt averaged 50, for example, okay, 1962, they play a game seven, Russell holds him to 22, which was his playoff average. But, I mean, you're talking about less than half, okay? Yeah. Um, now, in, in all fairness, Russell scored less than that in that game, right? But he did hold him to 22. Yeah, that's a, no, that's uh, a feat. 65, Russell goes for 15, 29, and nine assists, okay, uh, when they beat them. Uh, 1968, <laughs> Russell holds Wilt to 14 and coached the winning team. To that, the first, that's nice. Now, that's a feather in your cap right there. The I'm first ever three-to-one comeback. First I'm going to give you some credit there. That's a feather in your cap for Russell. And, again, this wasn't in the finals. Team. This wasn't in the finals, right, because they were in the same conference. Yeah. The first ever three-to-one comeback, he holds him to 14 and coached the freaking game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 1969, and it's well documented. You know, they walks into uh, was it the forum at the time? I guess was it the same? Yeah, and all the banners are up, and they're the, yeah. the champagne bottles and all that. Uh, Wilt sits out with a knee injury. Oh come on! And uh, for the last five minutes, and I think Van Bredikoff was the head coach, and he refused to put him back in the game because he was pissed at him. Um, and the 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 irony in all that is. The Celtics were up big when he went to sit. When he came off the floor, the Lakers cut into a huge deficit and almost came back and won the game. Uh, but Don Nelson and his uh, leg kick uh, jumper that hit the back of the round, bounced up, hit top of the backboard, and went in, yeah. uh, won the game for him. So Save Russell's ass again. My point in saying this, and this this really is my closing argument, counselor, Okay, okay. is that my whole – uh, basis for anybody that I would choose to be on my team is based on who's going to affect winning the most, right? If you if you did it strictly based on statistics, um, LeBron would overcome Jordan cumulatively, okay? 
Wilt aggregate, yeah, Wilt Wilt overcomes everybody. I mean, it's not even close. Not close. Um, But when it comes to who affects winning the most and when you find out that actually the talent discrepancy wasn't quite as great as you might think with the guys that they played with, um, then there's an argument to be had that Bill Russell would be the guy that you would choose in that regard. Um, And so I look at it and go, man, if I'm, if I'm looking to start a team to win a championship for a year, who would I pick Steph Curry or Kevin Durant? Right. Well, Kevin Durant, and I used to argue, Oh, Durant for sure. This is a great analogy. I know where you're going. Yeah. And, and, Obviously, Steph Curry is the greatest shooter ever, so that part is not a great analogy with Bill That's Russell. That's not a great analogy, right? It's not like he's a chump, right? Who affects winning? Kevin Durant's arguably the most gifted scorer ever, one of the most unstoppable guys ever, most skilled guys, talented guys, so on and so forth. Um, but the fact remains, he didn't win a title until he joined Steph Curry, and Steph Curry's won two outside of that. So who yeah. do you think affects winning more? I would have never – you know we argued about it all the time – Three four years ago, I would have never told you Steph Curry would I'm be. With you. I, I'm 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 moving on I'm, that. Yeah, I'm headed there now, and I think that would be closer to the Russell Chamberlain argument for me. So, yeah, that's a that's an interesting analogy. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting because there we could I could literally talk for another hour about how much better Wilt was statistically than. Russell in every single way, in every single category that mattered, except for free throw percentage. And um, and you're right. I mean, it all comes down to how, how – how, what type of effect Russell had on winning above and beyond statistics. Because my argument was always, let's just say they got drafted to opposite franchises. Right. Right. And let's say Wilt Chamberlain was a Celtic. Let's say Red Arbach pulled some trick where he got him in some kind of territorial draft. Did you know that neither Wilt or Russell were number one picks in the draft? I knew. That's crazy. They were like second and third, the respectively. Yeah. But what if Auerbach had played some dirty trick and picked up Wilt Chamberlain uh, and put him in, in his uh, in his franchise? Uh, would he have 16 rings? I don't know. Would he have less than 11? I don't know. That's something we're never going to know. Or would he have been traded twice like he was? You know, maybe, and- but maybe he would have been a different player. Maybe he would have played more like Bill Russell played under the tutelage of Red Auerbach. I mean, Red Auerbach was a great communicator. Red Auerbach was a very open-minded white dude in the NBA yeah. in an era where good luck finding very many of those. And oh, yeah. that had to change. Uh, that that had to be a huge linchpin to Russell not hitting his breaking point with all the racial crap that he had to deal with. You know what I'm saying? Will sure. didn't have a guy like that. Sure. And, and look, what, what it comes down to individually is, um, you know, could Bill Russell, had he just decided to, could he have led the league in assists? I don't know. Probably not. I would guess, you know, Will we don't know. Yeah. Will just decided to, and he was like, yeah. I'll just lead the league in assists this year. You know, um, he did it out of spite. He literally did it out of spite. I know. And, and, and you know, in that same season, Jonathan, where he decided to lead the league in assists, and he did, uh, somebody said, you're only doing this to get attention, and it's because you can't score anymore because you're getting too old. And then I think he had three 50-point games in a row, and yeah. then he went back to playing the same way and leading the league in assists. I wonder I wonder if, if – and this analogy is going to be a little bit extreme, so just bear with me for a second. But, you know, statistically in the regular season, um, 
James Harden is one of the greatest guards in the history of the game, right? We, I mean, his, his, his prime eight, seven, eight year, maybe 10 years. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and from a standpoint of stat accumulation and use Westbrook too. Okay. Those guys, I mean, Michael Jordan never did some of the things that those guys did statistically. Statistically, right. He wasn't allowed to, right. I mean, it was different. Yeah. It was, but you get what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. So so take those guys and then both of their drop-offs in the playoffs were Harden especially. Drastic, right? Now, the difference is Wilt did have two rings. Those guys have zero and probably will never win one. But but my point is there's that big drop-off where I think you got a – Stats, stat sheet stuffer in the regular season who still had really good numbers in the playoffs, but a big drop off in scoring, huge. And that's what he did, you know? Um, yeah. So I don't know, man. It's something to think about. And I, I think well, it, it was interesting. Well, we didn't get fast. Yeah. Here, here's the issue. You know, there's a couple things that we still need to talk about because because I feel like this argument tilted and you did a good job of warping it and, and morphing it into this where. You're talking about who would you want for a game seven, or you're talking about yeah. uh, who's who played better in the very small sample size of clutch games. But analytics uh, sometimes kind of eliminates some of that shroud of uncertainty. And so uh, let's talk about the PERs. Okay. Uh, the PER for Wilt Chamberlain is 26. Jordan has the highest PER of all time. Right. And Chamberlain's up there, 26.2. Mm-hmm. Wilt's PER is 18.9. So career mm-hmm. PER, Wilt is Russell. seventh. Russell's is, did I say yeah, Russell's. Russell's is 18.9, yeah. which puts him just behind Mark Aguirre, Kimball Walker, and David Lee. Yeah. Okay. Regular season, right? Regular yeah, well, career. Yeah, it's career, it's everything. It's all your games you play. Right, but is it just regular season? Uh, I think PER is just every game you ever played. I don't know. Yeah. I'd be interested. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Either way. Okay. Uh, yeah. Unless, are you insinuating he was just dogging it during the regular season? No, I'm just saying. I, again, I look at his I'm numbers. I'm joking. I know. I know. I'm just saying. I don't know, I know man. Uh, Russell's highest PER season was 22.8, and Wilt did that 12 times, and he did it the first 10 seasons of his career. Yeah. Uh, and PER, it, it throws out, you know, it throws out teammates. It throws out winning. It just looks at, you know, how efficiently, you know, you contribute to points on the floor. Um Win shares is is the one where this is where I'm going to cut into your into your argument about who affects winning the most, and I'm going to use win shares as an example. It's the estimate of the number of wins contributed by this player compared to a replacement player, basically, yeah. or pretty much. Or how many how many wins did this particular player contribute to the team over the average player? I think is the way it goes. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments. That's I right. get win shares and yeah. value over replacement and all that crap. Uh, Wilt had 247 to 163 for Russell. Um, career win shares, Wilt's third behind two people who just won't stop playing basketball, Kareem and LeBron. They've just played so many more games right. that win shares is an aggregate stat, and so they've played so many more games, they get to accumulate more win shares the longer you play. Um, and so Wilt's third all-time. Russell is 20th behind Reggie Miller and Artis Gilmore. Yeah. Um, career win shares per 48 minutes. Uh, Wilt's third, Russell's 31st behind Easy Ed McCauley, and again, his nemesis, Artis Gilmore. Uh, true shooting percentage, we don't really need to talk too much about that because that incorporates free throws, right? We always talk about Wilt's free throws are so bad, and Russell's were not great. But true shooting percentage, um, 54 to 47, uh, Russell as well. Let's real quick talk about 
the teammates. And, and we talked a little bit about it, and it's real easy to say, you know, just like it's a, a fallacy to say, well, the Celtics had, you know, better teammates than, you know, the Sixers and the Lakers. It's not fair to say that with no substantiation. It's also not fair to say, well, he had this many Hall of Famers. He had almost as many Hall of Famers. It's the same thing because it's the same number of Hall of Famers. The, the number, the, the, the Hall of Famers on your team matters, right? Michael Jordan's a Hall of Famer, and freaking Adrian Dantley's a Hall of Famer, but that's not one versus one. Right. And so who those Hall of Famers are, you know, matters a great deal. So when Russell came in the league, he joined a Celtics team that had a winning record. So they were already winning, right? They already had the best player in the league, Kuzi, or Pettit, arguably, but Kuzi, right? I think it was – yeah, Pettit. And, did Pettit come in the year before? Pettit was probably, probably the best player. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or, but Kuzi was there. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, not winning the MVP in the rookie of the year. And you make a very valid point. They chose two white dudes, right? Not not surprising. Um <clears throat> So I, I don't know. It's tough. Uh, I, I do like the stat that neither one of them was a number one overall pick. I think that's really funny. Uh, and, Jordan, Jordan's not it. Jordan's not number one pick. You know, it's like Good point. Yeah. when are people going to learn? Right? I got to know who was chosen ahead of him. Was it white people? I bet it was. Uh, <laughs> let's see if it was some some five eleven white guy. Let's go see. I don't know. Was Let me like see if I can pull that up. I got Will, Will Chamberlain. We're on Basketball Reference. He was the. Oh, here you go. Uh, Wilt was the. Third pick, third overall by the Warriors. Um, no, it doesn't give you the breakdown. And Russell was the second overall pick by the St. Louis Hawks in the mm. 56 draft. Oh, wait. Yeah, I think I can see it. Um, 92 selections. Tom Heinsohn was first. The rookie of the year. Yeah. And then Cy Green was second from Duquesne. Going back to your San Francisco argument, I'm not buying all that crap. Holy Cross, Heinsohn, Duquesne, San Francisco, Dayton, George Washington, DePaul. DePaul's a great example. Just because San Francisco is not good now doesn't mean they were trash back then. I mean, he would have gone there if they were trash. I'm not buying dude, into that. Dude, they never won a title before and haven't won one since. Haven't played for a title. I get it. Never did before, haven't been since. I get it. That might be the strongest argument I have. <laughs> The strongest argument you got is that he went to San Francisco and won two championships. Uh, and he did it. He had great uh, stellar Olympics. Obviously, he won a gold medal, right, in the Olympics. Yeah, but you could say he played with, you know, uh, West and – well, actually, yeah. I don't know. Was, yeah, he was with West and, Russell, uh, West and Robertson on that team. Yeah. Too. Yeah, so. <sighs> that's a good Olymp- – that's a good amateur Olympic team. It's the first great <laughs> one, right? It's the first yeah. great one before the yeah. team. Uh, but, look, here's my deal, man. Everywhere the dude went, he won. Period. In and you and he won titles. Every winning it's a team sport. I, it, it's it's always the argument's always going to come down to fine. And he's playing with different teammates, and Will got traded twice and played with different teammates and won twice. So, you want to just talk about winning? Look, better individual player. Will Chamberlain is in the argument for sure as the greatest individual player of all time. Okay, uh, Bill Russell is not in that argument. Now, just statistically, you can't do it. But you want to go to win? I don't know, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's a stronger argument than I originally thought. Let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. We're going to the park. Yeah. You're playing a game for a million dollars. It's a million dollars. It's winner take all. Yeah. You get to pick, you know, your five teammates. You get to that center position, and you got to choose between Wilt and Bill Russell. And don't choose Russell because you want to get your shots up. I've played with you. I know how you are, and I know what matters to you, Wilt Jr. 
Who are you taking? Are you taking to win $10 million in a pickup game? Are you taking Russell over Will? To win? Just to win? One pickup game to 40. A pick One game. 40. I got to pick the rest of my guys, too. The, the, the other guys are, are stagnant. Like, you've got them. They're, your teammates are already there. Yeah, I'm taking Russell. You've changed a lot, my friend, over these years. I'm, I'm still in the middle of the argument, dude. Yeah. Are, are you going to take Draymond over Steph also? Are you in the middle of the argument? <laughs> are you gonna, no, are you this is out, the argument's over. People oh. vote. Let me know who won the argument. Let me know who's oh. better, Wilt or oh. Russell. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and you also have to tell us if you're white or black because I'm not going to listen to any racist white people tell me they like Russell Moore. Like, no, I'm just okay. kidding. You know, we're if we're out of the argument, I would take Wilt Chamberlain every single day. And um, and I would also tell you that I think Wilt probably would have won 15 championships. If he could play it was a trick. We're still in it. It was a trick. Take that into account when you comment. There was a trick. I tricked him. He admitted it. Even he knows. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Let let us know, guys. Hopefully, you enjoyed this one. Let us know in the comments who uh, who you think was better, Wilt or uh, or Russell. And and again, I've said this three times. I just want to be very clear. The racist stuff existed. It was awful. It was pervasive. It was disgusting. It was despicable. And we don't mean to make light of it, but it definitely did affect MVP voting and rookies of the year and and who got drafted and uh, and and you know and who was on whose team and who got traded for who. It was. It was bad. It's a, you know, it's a black eye. Obviously, we know about it in baseball, but people don't talk about the basketball side of it enough. Uh, you know why? Right. that Russell got drafted by the St. Louis Hawks, which actually I think might have been the worst place because I think like those guys on that team didn't want black people on their team at all, and so that was right. a major issue as to why he got traded to Boston. And that's and that's how our back said, no, 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 you can't have him. He's a territorial selection right. because he lives in blah blah blah, right. something weird. Right. I don't know how that works because he went to San Francisco, but maybe it was where he was born or something weird. I don't, I don't know. They had some weird loophole yeah. that that Auerbach and his genius exploited to snatch Bill Russell from the Hawks. Yeah. Now that's where Pettit was. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Pettit's the only player during the combined Wilt Russell era to win a title, right? And to win MVP, or am I wrong about that? I think he did, Jonathan. I think you're well, right. He won MVP, but I'm saying, is he the only guy to do it outside of those guys? Because they won nine, and they were together for ten years. So, no, yeah, you're right. He had to be. He did, yeah. He got two MVPs, Jonathan. He won the uh, – what year did he win those in? I don't he know. won one before Russell was there, though, I think. Man, Pettit was really good. He, he put up some really damn good numbers, too. 26 and 16, he played in the NBA for 11 years and went to 11 All-Star games. So, yeah. And won two MVPs. He was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and he has a lot of win shares, too. And he has a much higher PER than Bill Russell, just for the argument's sake. LSU guy. Uh, huh? LSU yeah, guy. LSU guy. We sit right by him at the games and stuff. Yeah. Um, so um, let's do this. I want to end on a trivia question because I want to test your knowledge. And I didn't prepare you for this. And I certainly you, – you are probably going to get two, maybe three of these. I don't think you'll get all four. There's been four quadruple doubles in NBA history. And I've discovered this. Uh, when I was researching Wilt, I just stumbled on it. Wilt's not one, and Russell's not one. Because it but, steals. Okay. <laughs> but that being said, if anybody was going to have a quintuple double, it would be Russell or Chamberlain. Yeah. And if anybody was going to have a quadruple double, those two guys would have had more than 10 each. More oh, than 20. By the way, they took a year. And I can't I know. remember what you I heard. I heard. Blocks? You saw it? 8.8 8 and 8.1? 8. Yeah. Average. 
there was a there was a year where Wilt would have averaged eight point eight blocks and Russell would have averaged eight point one. Which means they probably had thirty plus games of more than ten. And as we've talked about, Wilt double doubled every game of his life. Right. Which means if you had to estimate how many triple doubles Wilt Chamberlain would have had in his career, three oh. hundred. Oh. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. Easily. Easily. Yeah. Right. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So getting back to our point, it's not Wilt. It's not uh, Russell because they didn't keep track of steals and blocks like we talked about. Right. But there's been four quadruple doubles in NBA history. See if you can name the four guys. Nobody's done it twice. Uh, four guys have done it. Elijah Wan. Yes. I want. Ooh, did Alvin Robertson do it? That's two. That's the one I thought you might get because of his ridiculous steals. I feel like David Robinson did it. That's three. Those are the three that I thought you could get. I would have gotten those three, yeah. but I would not have gotten the fourth one. Um, Can you at least give me an era that he played in? I think he played – I might be wrong. I think he played on the same team as Wilt a couple years. So – He's a center. He's a Hall of Famer. He's another center. So three of the four quadruple doubles have been uh, – he did. He played for the San Francisco Warriors. Oh, Nate Thurman. Yeah, that's Nate it. Thurman. That's a good call. Yeah, that's it. I actually crazy. that not too long ago. Yeah, that's crazy, man. But when would he have done that? Because he came in the league in '63, and they didn't keep blocks. I don't think until like what, like '71 or something. Yeah, something like that. So it had so, to be that. Yeah, he must have done it at age 32 or later, which is really, really impressive. Well, what was his? Um, what was his fourth? Was it? Was it steals or was it? Assists, I, I assumed it was blocks because he's a center. What well, no, I'm saying, like, did he get assists and assists or steals is the other one. I mean, I know it had to be blocks. Is one oh, one. Uh, yeah, I would assume assists. I mean, 10 steals is yeah. – I don't know how many times that's happened in the world. Not not yeah. a lot. Not often. Yeah. Interesting. Um, anyway, that's it. That's it. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the video. A little bit different format. You know, we usually do top 10 stuff, top 5, top 15 with 45 honorable mentions. But, um, but this week we decided to do a little player comparison – let us know in the comment. First of all, if you're watching this on Luca Nation Network and you haven't hit the subscribe button, for God's sakes, I'm begging you, hit the subscribe button. It helps the viewership, helps monetize the network for the guys that, that run the show. It gives us legitimacy and it allows us to, you know, tack on sponsors and let them know that we're saying things that people want to listen to and, and doing videos people want to watch. So hit the subscribe button, hit that bell icon for notifications and comment below and hit the like button. All that stuff helps us with the YouTube algorithm and how YouTube pushes us out and podcasts as well. Um, but uh, let us know if you like this format as well, because because we've got a couple of other guys, Jonathan, we've talked about uh, that will really I mean, this is like. You know, a bunch of 70-year-old guys are probably going to argue about this. Yeah. And guys like us, right, nerdy, 40, late 40-year-old guys. But, like, LeBron Jordan. Um, God, I will hope that coin flips my way. Uh, Kobe and Duncan. Uh, mm -hmm. We talked about Nowitzki and Garnett. We yeah. talked about Barkley and Malone. We talked about uh, – we could talk about Stockton mm -hmm. and Nash. We could talk about Lajuan Magic and Bird. Yeah. We could talk about Shaq and Lajuan. Man, we there is a million different directions we can go with that. We could talk about Her Hersey Hawkins and Dan Marley. I mean, we, we could, could do, but we're not going to. We're yeah. not gonna, but we could, right? Uh, but uh, but man, there's a lot of other uh, videos just like this we can do where we go do the research for you guys, and then we you know regurgitate stats and information and and you know NBA history and and let you guys vote on it and listen and uh, let us know if you like this. I don't know. I guess the views will merit whether or not you like this more than the top ten list. I think the top ten lists are fun as hell too, 
And there's thousands of those that we can do that we haven't done yet. And I've got some great ideas and I know you do too. So uh, yeah, let us know in the comments, any, any uh, parting shots other than, you know, apologizing and admitting that I'm right. Well, I've, I've already told you that I would pick Will. Uh, yeah. I think it's without question. I won the argument though. I won the debate. Um, you you made a, you made a great debate because no matter how many times I tried to focus on who was the better player, you repeatedly you brought racism into the mix. You brought the teammates. You brought the city of Boston. You brought freaking San Francisco Don's basketball Don DeGiulio or whoever his coach was. You muddied the picture, and that's what a really good attorney does when they don't have the truth on their side. They, they kind of confuse the jury members or the judge, and they just yeah. kind of cloud it up. They muddy the picture. It's like uh, NBA teams, like the Pistons back in the late 80s and 90s, they would play sloppy basketball because they knew they couldn't beat a team playing real basketball, and so they just turned it into a brawl. That's what you did. You turned it into a street fight. And, and you know, I, you got to pull out all stops whenever the discrepancy is as big as this. And so uh, yeah. I just had to uh, – look, you got to do what you got to do. And, and granted, we both agree that Wilt is the winner – but I enjoyed trying to make it an argument. That was the fun part. For I'm me. impressed, man. I'm yeah. impressed. I mean, I would have, I would have tried my best too, but I don't know if I would have done as well. The one thing that I left out and that probably I would guess seals the deal is Wilt's off the court accomplishments. We didn't even talk about that. <laughs> whether, whether it be his, uh, his, you know, uh, conquests of the other gender or the fact that he was a world-class racquetball player. I think at one point, whether he was a professional volleyball player, he's in the volleyball hall of fame. By the way. Yeah. Beach ball. By the way. Yeah. By the way, uh, what makes you think Russell wasn't a winner in that area? Yeah. I don't know. He probably was a winner. Yeah. Yeah. He probably was a winner. He probably did just fine. Uh, but anyway, He uh, he made everybody better too. Yeah, he did make everybody better, hopefully. Uh, Man, I'm looking at this. I need to share this. Look at um, Nate Thurman's hairline. It looks a lot like uh, Derek White. Never noticed that. Man, that is way back there. It's like Stephen A. Smith, Derek White, and Moses Malone combined. Why why couldn't people shoot that size back then? 42%. I don't know. It wasn't like he was stepping out and taking threes because they didn't exist. (laughs) You know? Okay. Yeah, he couldn't shoot free throws either. Very Wilt and Russell-like, you know? Uh, anyway, sorry, we're, we're now we're digressing. Anyway, thank you guys for watching, as always. Um, you know, comment below. Let us know who won. Let us know what you want to hear us talk about. We're literally an open book. We can talk about anything, as long as it relates to basketball. But uh, when you see the pinkies, it's time to, to, to do it. It's like ML Carr waving the towel, uh, Red Auerbach smoking the cigar. That's the end of the video. So, uh, as always, thank you guys for watching the Luca Nation Network. Keep collecting. Stay positive in the hobby and peace.